0: Superman Movie minute: the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly, is 1978's Superman the Movie, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me as always through this journey through time and space is...
1: Chris Franklin.
0: Howdy, Chris. Uh, hi, Rob. How's it going? Uh, very well. This is a big deal because we are in the final five minutes of this movie. Uh, we, hit, we, we strike credits at one point on this, this five minutes. And uh, joining us to talk about this final five minutes of action in Superman the movie is someone residing in the far-off future. They are four hours ahead of <laughs> us right now. So uh, we have to welcome from many, many great podcasts, including the aptly named Fantasticast, Andy Leyland, hi Andy and welcome to Superman Movie Minute
2: Hello Rob, hello Chris It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here Thank you for asking
0: me ah, It's great to have you here, this is my first time podcasting with you It's very exciting
2: It's alright, you've podcasted with Mike Bailey And everyone, as Mike says you When you podcast with somebody You podcast with everyone they've ever podcasted with <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a horrifying
2: thought Uh <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is, yes. Podcasts are like transmittable diseases. Yeah,
0: really. So, Andy, you're in the future. <laughs> Tell us what what amazing things await us in the future.
2: Well, it's snowing here. I don't know if it's doing that where you are.
0: No, that doesn't sound good. I don't like that sound at all. I don't. That's not good. So. Uh... <laughs>
2: That's the most interesting thing that's happening.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So uh before we get to the, the five minutes in question, we have to ask everybody as we do when they're appearing for the first time, uh like what is your history with Superman the movie? Like when did you first see it?
2: Superman, the movie, is the first film I ever saw at the cinema. I think I saw Pinocchio before that, but I don't count that because this was a proper film. Uh, And it kick-started my love of superheroes and comic books generally. For Christmas of 1978, my grandparents bought me four British annuals, the hardback British annuals, The Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man, Batman and Superman. And this was on at the cinema, and The Incredible Hulk was on TV, and that basically started everything, (laughs) as far as my love of comics goes.
0: That's pretty amazing. I'm guessing as a kid you loved it as soon as you saw it. I I adored it. It's, It's
2: up there with Star Wars as the film I've probably bought the most times. Uh, I had it taped off the TV from the very first time it aired on ITV. I bought the VHS. I bought the VHS widescreen edition. I bought the DVD box set. And I recently got for Christmas from my wife, the Blu-ray extended
1: three-hour cut. Ah, So it's not quite as many times as Star Wars, but it's up there. (laughs) (laughs) This movie also lacks the uh, amount of alterations that Star Wars has as well. But you know. That's that's very true. But it, it, it's got a couple
2: that yes. uh, you could talk about. But, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's, it's, it's for a long time. It was my all-time favorite film. It probably still is. But if you get me on the right mood, I will possibly occasionally have a drink with you and explain why I think Captain America the First Avenger is at least the equal of wow. this one. But this, this has the nostalgia
1: effect, so it's always going to win interesting but me and andy are on the same page there with that that captain america first avenger is still my favorite marvel marvel movie mm-hmm. and it's, it's chris
2: sevens br- chris sevens is the mcu most valuable player and yes. i think he's arguably more integral to everything that's going on in that series than anybody else because captain america is like superman and in the hands of the wrong actor the whole thing could have come crashing in and he plays it exactly like Reeve does. He plays it straight down the line with just the right amount of earnestness, but a little bit of a knowing wink to the audience. And it's, it's all Perfect in how they both play These these characters and I honestly Think Evans deserves all the Plaudits that Reeves has got but Hasn't he's always overshadowed By Robert Downey Jr. which I Think is a
0: shame I, yeah I would Agree with that we've Chris and I have talked about it I and mean, Especially Chris was an early Champion it took me a little While to get to that point but I see it now I'm like yeah he Really is the heart of this Thing and uh, so the minutes we're Going to be talking about are Minutes 131 through 135 they Open with uh, jor reminding his Son that it is forbidden for him to interfere with human history. And it ends with a credit, a Richard Donner film, which of course this is. So again, we start off right at the beginning with uh, Clark getting lectured from Jor-El and from Pa Kent that he cannot change human history. And it seems that uh, Superman pauses for a moment and then decides, nah, I'm doing it. I'm changing human history. That's (laughs) the end of that.
2: Well, one of the reasons when you you sent out the list of which scenes do you want, I think this is the crux of the movie. This is the emotional heartbeat of the movie. Throughout the film, Jor-El has been the all-pervasive element in the show, much more in many ways than Jonathan Kent. But Jonathan Kent gives Superman his heart, and this is the moment in the film where he decides, is he going to be the last son of Krypton, or is he going to embrace Earth? And he chooses Earth. Now, this would have had a lot more resonance had donna been allowed to do superman 2, but he wasn't so we only have this moment here and i firmly believe this is the point here where he doesn't reject krypton but he he embraces jonathan kent's philosophy that you are here for a reason i don't know what that reason is but it's not to <laughs> score <a> touchdowns <laughs> but he's and he makes that choice here he makes the choice that earth is where his and earth has raised him and that's what he's going to do from now on he's not going to just celebrate a dead civilization and i think this is a really important scene
1: Or i think it is oh yeah yeah and i agree too i think you know i think definitely with with jonathan whispering in his ear you, you are here for a reason of course jor like basically yelling at him you are it is forbidden you know over and, mm. over and over and over again but he's he you know it's it's uh it's it's listening to the uh to the other parents and, and going in that direction and and he mm-hmm. i like how he literally flies past the face of jor in the clouds he's like nah mm-hmm. you know and flies past it. And, <laughs> and, and again
2: you you two have both discussed throughout this entire series the the performance of christopher reeve and how it should not be underestimated but again it's that moment though he pauses In And he listens to what both men are saying and you see it in his face. You see when he makes the decision as to which path he's going to follow. All those things I can do, all those powers, and I couldn't even save him. And his face hardens and he does that thing with his cheeks that Reeve was really very good at where his face just turns to granite (laughs) when he's angry and there's there's a decision he's made the decision though that all those things I can do, all those powers and i couldn 't save and well i couldn 't save Jonathan, but i 'll be damned if i won 't save lois and that 's what he does
0: i love the uh, I love the effect like the actual physical effect of him of the the far shot of the globe, and just see that light blue ring going mm. around it. I just think that's a beautiful looking effect I mean you get just push whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> I think that just looks really beautiful, and then we get all the footage of of everything being reversed as he 's pushing back. Really fast, we see the little toy town mm-hmm. not uh, not get drowned by the flooded <laughs> waters. Uh, he's
2: pushing back now. Well, trivia, trivia alert. Sorry to interrupt. Trivia alert. Derek Veddings obviously did these effects. More famous for doing the Jerry Anderson stuff. That globe of the Earth is in the James Bond movie GoldenEye.
0: Is it really? really? Wow. Yep. Oh. Same globe. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. I never, I never knew that. I guess you know, if you save footage somewhere, you know, save money somewhere, to recycle some footage, why not? Uh, I think it looks it looks great, and then we see we see him spinning around, going back the other way, and flipping Earth back. Now, this is something <laughs> this is something that has occurred to me ever since I don't know I was a teenager, and this is probably uh, you know on, definitely on the metaphysical side, and will depend on what your belief system is. But okay, here let me see if I can try and get this across. Superman goes back in time, and he saves Lois's life because she's no longer dead when he goes back in time, right? Okay, now in my mind. Time is a construct of humans. That's, that's something we've designed. Time is, is not a real thing. It's something that we establish as 1201, 1202, 1203. It doesn't really exist. Everything just sort of exists in nature. But time is something we've constructed. To me, Lois's soul has left her body at this point. It doesn't matter where Superman goes in the timeline. That soul is gone. So this isn't going to work. It, like to me, Lois is dead. That's it. It doesn't make any difference when <laughs> Superman goes back in time, because in, in like sort of the spiritual world, Lois is no longer alive. Her her her. If you believe in these things, Lois's soul has gone on and left her body. It doesn't matter what Superman does. But I guess we can't really
1: tackle that in the final minutes of this movie. <laughs> Wow, you've you've just opened another can of worms I never even <laughs> thought of with this thing, Rob. There's the there's the super obvious ones and then you just like went on the shelf and like, oh there's something way in the uh, back no, here. Oh, let's, here's this can of worms. Let me open it, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to. It, I just can't help it. I've
0: always thought about this.
2: I, I think you just turned it into a Nicholas Windy Reffin film. Uh,
0: maybe <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. I get it. I mean, is Superman going back in time? He's not. He's undoing time, right? Because he's not going
2: back in time. I I always interpreted this as he's going back in time, reversing time, because when he comes back to Lois here, he doesn't move her car out of the way of the crack that she fell into. So he's gone back in time and changed something. So that this doesn't now happen. I don't know what that something is. I mean, you can uh, maybe back in time, there were then two Supermans for that brief moment. And one of them was off chasing the missiles and the other one stopped doing whatever this was that happened to Lois. And that's the one that then carries on in the timeline. The other one is in a loop where he constantly goes back. I think my my main issue with this is a lot of people complain about this. But in 70s Superman comics, he did this all the time. (laughs) Yes, he did. (laughs) You know, traveling back in time or traveling dimensions or whatever, that was crossing the street to Superman. And I think that in some cases, a lot of the complaints about this come from people who came up in the post-crisis era where he couldn't do that anymore. And so they were always a bit perplexed by how he did this. Now, I think the film does a very good job of showing that this isn't easy. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the strain on his face when he's doing it. This is a major taxing of his powers to do this. It's not something he can do every day. So it isn't as easy for him as it is in the comic books. But certainly the books that I grew up reading when Kurt Swan was drawing it, the, the 70s stuff with Denny O'Neill and all that. he could He could turn back time regularly. Wouldn't he go back in time occasionally and just film stuff for historians?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh hell there's, yeah. an, there's an episode of Super Friends Where Batman and Robin go back and I'm using the Batplane Like that's how I'm like what? Yeah, like, so, so.
2: Yeah. so on that level I never had a problem with this ending In the sense that a lot of people seem to do Because I mean I don't know what they would have done Had they got to Superman 2 Where they would have to come up with a different ending But this works much better to me Than the proposed ending of the second one Which was he reverses the whole occurrence of both films Right. That's that's a little bit too much. Here all he's doing here is saving Lois. And I can I can kinda buy that. I'm I'm with that. I can go with that. I think it's an emotional reaction to it from him, from a Superman who is very human and very emotional. And yeah. as such, I've never really had a problem with this ending. I think it works fine in the context of the film and what they've set up before this scene.
1: I, I think I I mean I can see I, I love the visual of him spinning the earth back. I especially love that first shot where he, like, comes past the camera in that, like, blue beam, like, you can actually see Superman in it. It's great. But I will say that I think you – no, I mean, the fact that – I will just put it out this way. If this movie came out today, the nerd rage over the ending oh, man. Would, would break the internet <laughs> not into half but into, like, quarters. I mean, it's like – Well, it would, can you it, imagine it would, the nerd rage
2: over what they were on So. That's true, yeah. I, I don't remember anyone complaining that Jarrell didn't have a headband on. <laughs> I
1: mean, I don't remember that. I could be wrong. Right. <laughs> but I, I subscribe to the two Superman theory because, but I think what would have helped things if they had actually shown Superman saving Lois's car from the crevice, because where's the crevice? I mean, we know mm. Jimmy comes down and says, thanks, Superman, you left me stranded in the middle of an earthquake with rocks falling everywhere and snakes, and it's like, snakes, Jimmy? Really? You're worried about snakes? Uh, but <laughs> Coming down! <laughs> yeah, But, but so we know the earthquake happened. Lois even tells him later, you know, I, I, I the gas station blew up, and there were phone poles flying, falling over everywhere. So we know the earthquake still happened. So Superman didn't stop the missile from making impact, which makes you wonder, well, why didn't he just, if he was going back in time, why didn't he just stop the missile? You know, uh, if there were two Superman. But, Apparently he did something. Maybe he went when he was underneath, you know, putting the fault back in. Maybe he left out one boulder. He's like, damn, that one boulder. If I <laughs> put that one boulder back, God, you know. So maybe he went back and put that one boulder back, and so the crack didn't appear because the crack isn't even behind Lois's car. Right. It never appears. So it's like, what did he do to stop that crack? So I'm, I'm, it, he had to do something, like Andy said, he had to do something. But I think if they had shown him like grabbing the car and like picking it up or moving it out of the way or grabbing Lois out of the car and letting the car fall in. I think that would have answered everybody's questions that they've had about this, except for Rob's, which Rob just brought up a whole new set of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody else's questions about this movie for the past 40 years, you know, but
2: yeah. Rob's philosophical bent on it has just blown everybody's mind. (laughs)
0: That's right. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like little eight-year-old me, looking, at the, asking to speak to a priest or something. And at the end of this movie, okay. Is there, can I can I speak to someone in authority? No I, no, I agree. Right, they do kind of paper over this, like exactly what he does. And rewatching this for the show, I am really shocked at how fast this ending goes by, like it really is pretty quick, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was younger, I seem to remember the ending being a lot longer, like, just this whole process, but he makes a decision, he does it really, <laughs> back there, uh, reverse footage, okay, Lois is alive again, okay, we're good, like it's, they really just kind of get past it, and I remember on the, the commentary, they talk about why they decided to patch this ending onto this movie when it was originally the ending of the second movie, and then it dawned on them that they said, we don't know that this first movie is going to be a hit. And we might not make a second movie. And so they're like, you really got to leave everything on the table for the first movie. And so that's why this ending was grafted on in the first... And you really can't blame them uh, for that. Because you're like, you want to make the first movie as spectacular as possible. And so that's why they came up with it. But yeah, it, it doesn't... They do kind of... You do have to kind of brush past a little, like... Wait a minute! What exactly did he do here? I don't really understand, but it's fine. You know, you get the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, and we definitely have learned the lesson of don't leave, don't leave the good stuff for the second movie, like uh, the Green Lantern movie. Yeah, that's not ever going to happen. But this, the ending of that's like, oh, that's the movie I want to see. Yeah, you know, exa- right? So.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you got to make sure everybody is satisfied with the first. one. so I, I love it when. Uh, Lois is alive again First of all, I love her John Travolta Saturday Night Fever suit That thing is just <laughs> fantastic But I, I love when she's yeah. bitching and moaning to Superman And Christopher Reeve does that little sigh I love yeah. that little, and he's like, it's a living You know, he kind of has yeah. this to the, like Alright, this is this is the shit I'm going to put up with uh, Saving these humans
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's I, the I like fans, I like the little bit before that Where he says, uh, I, I think it's dead Yeah and oh, Just yeah, the look yeah. on his face when he's like Ah, He's just got a brilliant look on his face When he's talking to her It's just the relief
1: on him that this has worked Because I wonder if, if he knew this would work it, it, When he first lands it looks like He's like looking in the car like did this work mm-hmm. You know I mean, it kind of yeah. looks like he's got that lo- look On his face yeah And he's got that lovely little innocent
2: Six year old boy expression on his face <laughs>
1: Like
2: <laughs> you know I've just done something naughty and I don't know If I've got away with it Yeah <laughs>
0: And he looks. Uh, and it's funny to think this is only Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder's third scene together in the whole movie. They only have these three scenes, really. There's the 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 you know who's got me, who's got you. There's the 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 interview, and then this. Like the, you yeah, know Superman. they don't. Yeah, they don't have a lot of time really to get together. But they actually, uh, I like the look they give each other when they're about to kiss. It actually has some, I would say, some level of kind of smoldering to it he looks like he's really into it then of course we have the worst wingman ever jimmy olsen who interrupts it. uh thanks thanks man uh so yeah, but i mean they, is, yeah but I mean, they they plausibly look like they're really into one another and then the grin they give one another which is i don't know it sort of reminds me of like the shazam tv show or something it has that kind of feel to it that they look like they shot all the same scenes out there but they look all happy and everybody's there and i love that she covers jimmy's mouth because i think we all want to do that at some point <laughs> i
2: love her eyes if you look at the panda makeup she's got around her eyes uh, emphasizing her her eyes and his eyes and i, I think she, margot kidder looks absolutely adorable in this last moment yeah. and If you think about it as well, this is the only scene we get in this film that is a throwback to the George Reeves, Superman, Lois and Jimmy stuff. This is the only scene they have together where it's the three of them. Mm -hmm. And it plays, it plays magnificently well. And this must be a late shot because reeve's just absolutely huge if you actually look at him and pause it when he's talking to, to Margot kidder his chest is massive
1: yeah <laughs> yeah he's been um working out yeah <laughs> two
0: 225
2: <laughs> lovely i mean rob just talked about the ending being quite quick there are two major scenes edited out here which I presume you'll get to if you ever yes. do talk about the 3R Extended Edition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, there, there is that one scene that I do. We Chris and I talked about that. I wish it was in the, the the movie. I love the shot of him taking off again. The, mm-hmm. the, the yep. flying stuff is the, the the match stuff and the 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 green screen, blue screen was so well done. I love them in the background as we see him head towards the camera and he twirls mm-hmm. around, does like a 180. Oh my God, I love it. looked just. It's so effortlessly, well not effortlessly I'm sure there was a lot of effort, but it looks effortlessly done, it's just so smooth.
2: That's the the selling of it, I mean, and that that beauty shot of Superman just flying away
1: before he gets to the prison is just gorgeous Can I bring up one thing? He left Lois and Jimmy out in the desert with no gas
2: Yeah, which makes the deleted scene really stupid, which is why I'm glad this scene's missing. Oh, because gosh. suddenly, in the middle of nowhere, Jimmy and Lois just start doing a, a, a photo shoot, like That's a horrible. glamour shoot of Lois. And I'm really glad they cut that, because it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it but is. The, it's, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just terrible. But the, yeah, the shot of him flying
1: away is absolutely fantastic. And besides, he may have gone back from later. He probably yeah. went, and told somebody, got you know, he stopped at a gas station and said, "Excuse me, if you've got a tow truck running, uh, there's uh, I've got some friends here stranded about two miles away or something else." You know? <laughs> there you go. Sure, yeah. Superman. He told the, he
0: told the authority certainly. Uh, I do have to wonder about the conversation that Lois and Jimmy have, where they talk about he really likes you. Well, of course he does. And then he's and then and then she mentions Clark and she says, "Does Clark is never around? Superman is. Why does why does she expect Clark to be in California?" Yeah,
2: why does she even expect him to be there? That, that is, that's just straight from, for no logical reason whatsoever, Lois would put these ridiculous ideas together. Where She's not even making any deductive leaps of logic. It's something else. Clark's never around when Superman's. Well, no, he wouldn't be because the first time you met him, it was a date on the balcony. That was an interview. Clark's not going to be there for that. And then this time that you've met him here, he's just saved your life. Clark's not going to be here. Yeah. Clark wasn't sent on this story.
1: Greg. Yeah, exactly. It was all you. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I thought that was definitely, that was just a nod to the old, Oh, Lois is on the trail yeah, of Clark yeah. being Superman. You know, that's, I mean, you know, and they, they, they didn't, Superman didn't stick around and Clark didn't show up enough to show up again to uh, look at the camera and kind of, You know jokingly refer to himself That he could be Superman and then wink at it Like George Reeves would you (laughs) know Wink wink at us (laughs) The line is a nod to
0: pretty much every issue of Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane (laughs) Yeah also do you think it's there to
2: set up the sequel Yeah I think
1: so Probably yeah Mm. Especially Donner's version of the sequel Because Lois is very proactive In her Trying to deduce that Clark is Superman in that, in the Donner cut That we've seen with that really nice Opening scene that's a lot of fun So Yeah, where well she draws the specs On the picture of him in the paper Yeah, and jumps out the window and all that stuff, yeah Yeah, yeah. a
0: lot of big stuff there. So, And I, I love the shot of Superman as he Flies over the earth, and we get the voiceover from Lois Lane, where she talks about You know, well, if, if he's lucky They can get together, I love that Confidence that she's, you know, if he's lucky He'll be able to get with me, I thought that's a <laughs> very very charming little bit of dialogue, and that's of course our last bit of dialogue in the movie, that's it for Lois Lane
2: Yeah, she's gone So we get the warden scene, which this again goes back to what Rob, what you were just saying the landing though with Reeve coming in with Dean Hackman and Ned Beatty, and the amount of effort that must have took, because Reeve's got to be all proper because he's Superman, so he's got to keep his body straight, but the other two actors, I don't know if it is BT and Hackman, it could just be stunt doubles, but they've got to be waggling around everywhere like this is terrifying them, so there's got to be what, at least three or four different wire rigs going on here?
1: Yeah, it's it's great and it's such a high shot, again, it's one of those, mm. how high were these people up off of the ground? It's 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 amazing to think, you know, there, there's, there's some of these crane shots in these these series that it's like gosh i mean you know and and you just know i mean there's no way there's a i mean we can back then they couldn't like you know cgi the the mats out like they could now that would be underneath the people though they're Hmm. over top of like something a hard surface that if they fall they're screwed you know (laughs) i mean so it's it's a it's just it's a spectacular shot i mean with all the Spotlights going. It does make me wonder when the heck does the warden go home? I mean, how late is this? <laughs> <laughs> is he warden linseed from. Oh. I, I don't know. I, that's a, that's a good question. He, he's going to have his uh, his uh, um, uh, you know penal re- rehabilitation process and all that <laughs> stuff going on. Luther yeah, I guess. He's going to have some yeah some rehabilitation thing he's got planned for Lexenotes. <laughs> maybe maybe
0: he's like the warden from The Shawshank Redemption and he's like cooking the books and stuff and he's doing all kinds of nefarious <laughs> things. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's funny, Chris. You you talk about the uh, the safety because in the commentary, Richard Donner talks about how many times that he n- sort of foolishly puts some. At risk you know where he's like he's like, We were dangling Chris Reeve from Wires on a truck you know he's like what were We doing so yeah they took took A look some risks here this is the One moment of course that features The one deleted scene that I wish was in the movie Which was where he breaks into Lex's lair and Rescues Miss Tessmacher that is Mm -hmm. The one scene I wish they had retained because I think that's a great moment of her Being lowered into the, the tiger pit and that action—I mean, you can piece it together. He clearly goes and he uh, picks up Luthor and Otis and brings them to justice. But i, I really wish that Tasmacar scene had been in the movie. That's the only—the only deleted scene I, I wish they had kept. I mean, this is already a very long movie. I get they were looking to trim it as best as possible. But now that I know that that scene is out there, I sort of miss it. Why does he not arrest
2: Miss Tasmacar?
0: Well, we don't know that he doesn't. He maybe he takes, well, her, takes her to a women's prison. It's mm. possible, but she breaks Lex out of prison in Superman Two. Well that's that's true maybe she got a light sentence or something but for help, for helping him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll go with oh, that. Wait, that okay, now, oh wait, okay, now no, oh price. Andy, now you've started me. Now I got a whole thing in my mind of like she goes on trial but Superman speaks in her behalf cuz he's like, well, she did help me escape the kryptonite thing and so like they get her she gets a lesser sentence, and she gets out and they're like are you going to be a recidivist? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. And then she gets right back into it. No, there's like a whole plot. I'm going to start a fan fiction thing as soon as we're done this. All right. I've got a whole other thing in
1: my mind. Superman. Valerie Wonder. Perrine in a, in a woman's prison movie. There you go. Oh, Think of that. Man. Superman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, oh, you're blowing my mind, Chris. Okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I need a moment alone. So anyway, uh, we, we got Superman here with the warden. And he says, uh, and, and this is the moment where... Uh, Gene Hackman did the one thing he said he would not do to Richard Donner was wear a bald cap, but he did. He managed, Donner, I guess, managed to talk him into it because we get the one moment of there is bald Lex Luthor yep. looking like yep. he does in the comics.
1: <laughs> and when I was a kid, I, I think if, if I remember right, I mean, it's hard to remember. I was like, you know, barely four, but I remember thinking, why is it Lex Luthor bald in this movie? And then at the end, I'm like, ah, you know, (laughs) so when you're a kid, you know, it's like, I don't get it because he didn't wear wigs in the comic book. He was always bald, right? Uh, Well, at least since they decided Lex was bald. He's always bald. Uh, So, you know, but that I remember thinking, ah, there we go. There, 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 There he is, you know. So, yeah, it's. And it's it's interesting, I know we keep bringing up, we're at the end of the, sh- we're running at the end of the movie now, we can talk about Superman 2, I guess. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Superman 2 starts out with quite a bit of bald Lex, so, you know, so I'd, I'd, somebody yeah. talking to Hackman, changed his mind at some point, I guess. <laughs> he probably lost a bet. Yeah. With <laughs>
2: Richard Donna, like with the mustache shaving thing. Right, I, yeah. I love this scene. I think this scene is genuinely amusing with Lex being all bluster, the greatest criminal mind of our time. And I'm serving notice. I'm serving and notice. Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty just following every single line he says by repeating it until Lex loses his temper with him. And there's a lovely moment. I mean, you two have talked about throughout this entire film. Lex is clearly beating on Otis. And to a lesser extent, Miss Tessmacher. And there's a brilliant line as, as they take them both away. Otis says, Don't hit me!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't laugh at that, but it's funny. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very funny. I love when we get the reverse shot, not the reverse, but the other shot of, of, of Otis close up, and he reacts to Luthor ticking his bald his wig off. He just has this little flash in his eye. of like, oh, this is a big deal. If Mr. Luthor is revealing himself to be bald, this is a big moment. Uh, he he recognizes this is not something his boss generally does very much.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a great little take from... Uh, Ned Beatty's just, I mean, he is... I, 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 I Watching this movie, I mean, I've always appreciated his performance in this movie, but watching this movie five minutes at a time has really... I've just picked up on all the little nervous tick things he does in the movie, the little pantomime things he does with his hands and the way he reacts to the other actors, and, and he's like, he's like the, the he's like the secret ingredient in the sauce that makes it taste so good, I mean that's, yeah. that's, that's where, yeah
2: I, I agree I agree entirely, I think Ned Beatty's not phoning this performance in, I think he's paying a lot of attention to where he can do funny little bits, or just add something to what he's doing and for a long time, Otis was the butt of jokes Out side of the film as well as inside the film but i think it's a situation where if you take otis out of this movie there's not a lot of comic relief i mean for all of gene hackman's funny lines and he has a lot of exceptionally funny lines in this film you two again have highlighted a lot of them if you've gone through it but the very dark funny lines taken in isolation and one of the things i love about hackman's performance throughout this entire film is how well judged it is in that he never forgets he's playing a bad guy who is quite willing to wipe out part of Southern California. He's not, this Lex Luthor is not a nice man. And without Otis, you've not got any lighter moments in the film. You've not got a little bit of comedy. And I think that the back half of the film needs a little bit of comedy. needs a bit of light relief. And Ned Beatty's absolutely fantastic throughout the entire film. Just the moment much earlier on where he's placing the wigs on the mannequin heads is hysterical. And he's again, this bit here at the end here, he's, he's hysterically funny. He's serving notice he's, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant performance by Ned Beatty. I mean, Reeve r- rightly gets all the accolades that he deserves, but I think Ned Beatty, he's been ignored as well. And he's a perfect counterpoint to Hackman's very dark, but funny delivery of a lot of his lines. Otis, like you guys have said, again, he does not come across as a science genius, but no. he's funny. <laughs> He's genuinely amusing throughout this film. I don't think he wants me to take his cape, Mister Luthor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I, I think uh, I think Ned Beatty. I mean, like you said, I think. I mean, we, me, and Rob have talked about how the trio of of, of Hackman, Perine, and Beatty were were fantastic together. But without Ned Beatty, I mean, that I don't think it would have. I don't even think with uh, Hackman and Perine it would have worked as well i think the three of those guys working together and what Beatty brought to it especially with his comic timing just i mean it's it's fantastic superman returns you've got kevin spacey
2: and Park posey and without a notice there's nothing there there's no spark there there's nothing to play off so you end up with a really do a boring film Oh,
0: oh oh, serving now you're serving notice. okay Wow. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why you get a heavy hitter like Ned Beatty to do this. I mean, he was a you know fine dramatic actor. You don't just get somebody lame. you get somebody huge like Ned Beatty. He's one of the great great actors ever to do it. Uh, speaking of actors, I did want to mention the actor playing the warden is a guy named Roy Stevens. and if you look Roy Stevens up on IMDB, he's not really an actor. He has all of three acting credits. Uh, He was in a movie called Torture Garden, but his other famous movie is Lawrence of Arabia, and his last credit as an actor is as the warden in Superman. Hmm. Uh, he is mostly known as a second unit or assistant director. And there he has worked on the grass is greener, which uh, had Cary Grant and Robert Mitchum, the sundowners also with Robert Mitchum. I see a, see a, a trait going on there. He also uh, worked on as an assistant director, Lawrence of Arabia. So he was in it and helped uh, direct it Lord Jim and Dr. Zhivago and Ryan's daughter. So he obviously was pretty good friends with David lean. So it's, I have no idea why he's in this movie, when he's not really an actor, but there he is, and I think it's pretty clear he's dubbed. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The voice that's coming out of him is not is not the voice. He's probably British, if anything. But it in was interesting. More than likely. Yeah, um, but nevertheless, there he is. You know, playing playing the warden, and you know, not to over I don't know, to overthink this. Of course, that's what the show is all about. This is maybe the one moment Superman's line about we're all part of the same team, where. It's Superman's in my mind. Maybe a little too much of a Boy Scout, because to me, it's like we all kind of know there's a there's a lot of corruption in the criminal justice system, especially in the jail. And so Superman just being like, "Oh, it's all good, Warden. We're all part of the same team." I was a little like, "Okay, all right, Superman. Maybe you need to look into this a little <laughs> bit more." But but in the Superman universe, it's fine. It, it works out just fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I like it though. But I I personally do. I, I, I think that that I think that just kind of. That sells Reeves, I mean, that, that sells Reeves' take of the character as a friend. I mean, yeah, every time you yeah. ever, I mean, when he said, he told Lois he was a friend, and every time you ever heard Reeves talk about the character, even after he was finished playing him, that was the word he always went back to. I played Superman as a friend. And I think that just kind of locked that in, that last bit, if not the the smile we get at the end of the movie, of course. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I can see, yeah, it is a little G-Wow uh, corny, I guess you can say. But, you know, I mean, that's what Superman's flying in the face of in this movie. That's yes. I mean, he's in this very cynical... 70s you know yeah. and uh and it, it, it i think it works i i understand it completely what works
0: it completely works it just is one of those yeah. ones I just kind of noticed, but you're right he is i mean you think about when they made this movie watergate was less than 3 years you know ago so yeah this is this is superman running headlong into the winds of every piece of american cynicism you could have out there so it totally
2: works and i like the idea that if rob's right and this is Shawshank clancy browns here somewhere
1: yeah there you go right <laughs> 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 it's a little another Superman Luthor connection yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> Luthor, Luthor, and Luthor team up, man. So takeoff
0: from mm-hmm. the prison is glorious. Oh, yes. it's beautiful. It it's the-
2: absolutely yeah. fantastic.
0: All the flying and again, and stuff.
2: Yeah. Again, looking at what Chris said, how high was he There for that final moment? Oh yeah. And the I- way he turns round, flies off, and then arcs his body—it's the the advancements in special effects are fantastic. But no one has flew better than Christopher Reeve. Yeah, no, it's
1: beautiful. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't understand why they don't take what they did here, plus what they can do now with CGI and kind of combine it. And I don't want, I don't want like, and again on Superman Returns, I don't want the super obvious CGI Brandon Routh flying. No, I want Brandon Routh flying, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Take, and then nothing take bugs the me more than Superman landing and smashing the pavements to bits. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's like when he when he lands besides Lois's car. He just that I was going to bring that up earlier when he when after he saved turned back after he's turned back time. Sounds like a share song. He, he <laughs> lands. <laughs> there's a song to end the show with, Rob. Uh, and <laughs> he he lands besides Lois. It's so such a light landing. You know, what I mean, it's, he's just like he floats into the frame literally, and it's and I mean it's flawless. He's not turkey jerky or you know anything. And and yeah, if this had been now, I mean, if, if I'm not I'm not trying to pick on the modern movies, but I'm going to. But uh, you know, if if, uh, <laughs> if Henry Cavill had landed, he would have caused the crack in the earth that swallowed Lois Star. You know, yeah. I mean so I really I
2: really don't like that. And I'm not someone who hated Man of Steel, although I despised Batman versus Superman.
1: But that that idea that when he lands he breaks the floor. It's no To me that that when they do that, when they have him land like that 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 gives all credence to the fact why everybody's scared of this guy yeah you know if you can't <laughs> even land without destroying public property then yeah this guy's a menace. you know it's
2: like... <laughs> uh and, and just and again just before we get to the end, did you see the Supergirl episode where they riffed on him spinning round in a circle and going down into Luther's den no did you not see there's a, there's an episode of Supergirl where she lands and Melissa Benoist does a pitch perfect Christopher Reeve impersonation. She does all that turning around to look at the people with their hands out and saying, just hold back, just hold back. I saw my cousin do this once and she's just about to start spinning and um, Martian Manhunter walks up to her and says, there's a way of doing this without destroying public property.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: We live in an amazing world where you can just say to me, and then the Martian Manhunter says, and I'm just like, oh yeah, okay. It's not even a big deal anymore that the Martian Manhunter is on a TV series.
2: Yeah, the Martian Manhunter is on a TV show, and Ant Man has a film.
0: Yeah, it's just like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. What else is new? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, then, as we get to the final scene of Superman, as he floats into the uh, the frame, and then we get a reverse shot of him turning around and facing the camera. And this is a moment that apparently Richard Donner had to fight for. Where Christopher Reeve looks right at the screen, and uh, winks and takes off, and that is something that apparently uh, Warner Brothers was like, "You can't do that. That's not going to work." And Donner said, and "From his mind, Reeve slash Superman deserved it. He earned it." And so that's what that's what we get. And so he looks right at the camera, looks right at us, and he takes off. And it is he he the camera stays still as he flies out of the frame, and it is just the pitch perfect. Way to end this movie With a nice little hold on a black screen And the John Williams music mm-hmm. playing It's just Absolutely perfect Yeah, and
2: the, that beautiful shot When it starts of the sun Just coming up over the earth And Superman flies into shot from the other side And Williams' music swells up And yeah, it's just brilliant Is there like three or four different takes This scene and each of the films closes With a different one, is that right? I think so, yeah really? yeah but yeah it's all right this one here he keeps his arms at his side i'm sure there's at least one of them where he puts one of his arms in front of him that Mm. may be the end of superman two or superman three i can't remember but yeah there are different different takes of this that they use in the subsequent movies and in superman four
1: it's the best special effect in the film (laughs) (laughs) yes it is uh you know in this in, in a lot of ways this is the uh this is the James Bond at the the mm-hmm. beginning of the James Bond movie, you know, with the with the James Bond in the scope and he, you know, shoots the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, that's the that's the same thing that's in it. It's at the beginning of every James Bond movie, but it's at the end of every each of these Superman movies. And of course, Superman Returns does its own take on it as well. Um, so, but I love it. I mean, I think I think that's a great way to again solidify that, that Superman's our friend that he, I mean, he does get, you know, he's not Clark Kent, but he does get to wink at the camera like George Reeves always did. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I don't think if, if I don't think the movie, the you would have left the movie each time you watch it with such goodwill. If it wasn't for this scene, I mean, sure you would have hmm. loved it, but this just is that little cherry on top that just like, man, I love this movie. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just that little bit that just puts you over. Yeah, it's beautiful. It ends with him.
0: He looks. Hey, it's just. It's. It's everything you want Superman to be. Just that final shot. And right, it became iconic. It's. It's funny that you know Donner got so much grief for, it and they didn't want to do it. But then it became the thing everybody remembered. It kind of reminds me, not in the same scale, but I mean, I think you guys all heard about last year that originally that the scene in Wonder Woman where she marches onto the battlefield was not going to be in the movie. And you can't imagine that now because that's the scene everybody talks about. Like that's the most famous mm. scene is that scene of her in the her in the, the no man's land. So um, yeah, thank God that uh, Donner had the hutzpah to say no. We you gotta allow Superman to look right. It it does not break the reality of the movie. It just feels like uh, the 1950s TV show of Superman. You know, we all know you you've all been following me. Everybody enjoy enjoy the you know enjoy the 70s. Everybody, I'm out. It's just great. I, <laughs>
1: You know, in this movie, this scene, part of this scene, I, the one thing I remember about seeing the movie Interview with a Vampire is it shows uh, Brad Pitt's character at the movies watching, like, as time goes on. It shows him watching Superman the movie in oh this scene's Oh, my God. I that. You're
0: yeah. right.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, that was my favorite part of the movie. So <laughs>
0: big hit. I mean, if you're a vampire and you got a lot of time to kill, I would see lots of movies, I guess, you know? And sure. have all the time in the world, and go catch everything. You know, jeez. Uh, yeah, so you've got to do something all day. Yeah. I mean, You can't be just eating people all day. You got to go fill your time. So so then uh, after uh, after the the hold on black, we get the starfield and we get the first credit which is an Alexander and Ilya Salkind production and uh, with that beautiful lettering style that we got that the Superman movie sort of patented that thing and then the the 5 minutes ends with as it should a richard donner film which is of course exactly what this is no man deserves if if other than christopher reeve no man deserves more credit for putting together this masterpiece than than richard donner i mean i know that i wax his car all the time but you know for pete's sakes you know the the guy did this herculean effort and it, without his take on this particular story uh we would not i don't you know who knows if we'd even have superhero films really because there would be no template to follow uh he took it seriously and so i love the fact that this particular set of five minutes ends with uh seeing his name on the screen because uh he deserves so a richard donner film thank you richard donner (laughs)
1: Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
2: I've I've only just watched the last five minutes of this to just do this with you, and I've still got a big goofy grin on my
0: face. Yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> it's just it's so great watching him uh, smile at, at the screen and, and and take off. It's just just wonderful. So so that's uh, that's this five minutes. The uh, Superman the movie, as we know it, is, is over. Uh, Chris and I have some some lots of credits to talk about in the next episode, but the movie itself <laughs> is now. Uh, completed. So uh, guys, what do we think? What what is the, we want to sum up the the Superman, the movie here. I mean, Chris, you and I will have another bite at the apple in the next episode, but I mean, like Andy, like, what do you do? Anything you want to say about Superman, the movie in total before we sign off?
2: I don't think you can underestimate how important this film is to film in general, not just the comic book superhero genre. It showed that you could take this stuff and treat it with a little bit of respect and you can put it on screen and people will buy it. And I think that the fact that they did it with Superman, arguably the best and certainly the first of the the superhero properties that proliferated in the the 40s and 50s and 60s, uh, it just shows the testimony to that character. And I think as well that this film, more than any other iteration of Superman, is the one that people still think about. And that alone shows the power that this movie has as a film. Uh, I know there's been some discussion on Facebook recently about whether kids today would like this or whether they'd prefer. I can tell you, all three of my children sat through all 135 minutes of this when they were kids. The whole thing, they didn't find any of it boring and they loved all of it. And this theme is iconic and sums up Superman. It's not been bettered on any of the subsequent superman properties as evinced by the fact that danny elfman brought it back for justice league and i still think reeve is the gold standard of casting of a character like this chris evans is close but reeve is is the gold standard i think it's just a great film from start to finish i can put this on whenever it's on And it gets shown on ITV4 here quite a lot. And the amount of times I'll just be flicking through and, oh, look, Superman's on, and you leave it. Doesn't matter where in the film it is, you leave it on, because it is just absolutely magnificently entertaining from start to finish.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> I think I think that that's a good way to end it. Uh, I don't think we can say anything more than that. So, uh, well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on Superman Movie Minute. We're glad we had a chance to, to have you on the show just before we, we literally got the just as the door is closing on Superman the movie. Uh, <laughs> we got you got you on. So, thank you so much for coming on.
2: It's, it was a pleasure and a privilege to be here, and especially to talk about the last couple of minutes. You guys have done an excellent job with this. Show. I very much enjoyed listening to it And I'm glad I managed to squeeze through the elevator doors At the last minute Because if <laughs> there is any show currently on the air That I would love to have been a part of It's this one So this was brilliant, thank you, well done I hope you do do Superman too, And I hope you do an episode about the, the three hour cut Even if it's only one episode I don't expect you to watch the entire
1: film again <laughs> <laughs> When Andy, when Andy squeezed through those elevator doors There was a guy said Going up, up, up
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. Oh, man. Um, so, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, uh, hey Kids Comics is
2: still my proudest achievement. It was me and my son talking about comics for six years before he had the temerity to bugger off and go to university and leave home so occasionally we will get the band back together to do the odd episode here and there but I loved that show I loved doing it and it was basically me and a younger comic fan my then 15 year old sony group to be 21 because that's how time works uh, just talking <laughs> about comics every week all of the episodes are available on 22freaks.com if you just go and look at hey kids comics at the moment I am involved with the fantastic cast with Stephen Lacey where we, we started at the beginning of the fantastic four and we've worked our way we're currently up to issue 191 which is the end of the george perez run that's been a lot of fun to see the marvel universe grow on my own i do the palace of glitter and delights on two true freaks where i just talk about anything pop culture related that i feel like talking about and with michael bailey i do the overlooked dark knight where we look at batman stories that we feel don't get the love they deserve. That's on Michael's Fortress of com. and every now and again I'll get together with Paul Spataro and Bill Robinson and we'll talk about Star Trek Deep Space Nine on Listen to the Prophets. Wow. This is also on two com.
0: That's an impressive list and I'm going to say Andy if you're sad about your son being at university you could spin the world back and go back in time <laughs> and and just start the show all over. That might be kind of fun.
1: You but his soul would still be in today, college. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: Damn it. I didn't think that through. Oh man. So <laughs> I, I'm an idea, man. I don't get into the nitty gritty. So, uh, Chris, I think you and I, let's, let's say we skip our plugs. Why don't we do that? We'll, we'll save that yeah, for the next skip. episode. We can find us on the network. All the episodes of the show are on our network site, which is of course, fire and com, And we're over on Twitter at Superman movie minute. And we have to thank as always, Peter B. Taylor and Alex Robinson. For letting us borrow their format who started it all with the Movie Minutes thing uh, with a Star Wars Movie Minute. They're in the middle of doing Revenge of the Sith and you can find more Movie by Minute shows over on movieminutes.com. So thanks everybody for listening and uh, we will see you for the next episode which will be the final episode of Superman Movie Minute. Bye. 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 This
1: country is safe again Superman thanks to you. No sir. Don't thank me Warden. We're all part of the same team. Night.